so that's been the, the the primary use case of the product to date, and that nets out for the merchant ultimately about three three and a half percent of their expense line will drop straight down to their bottom line net margin for about a thirty percent or greater net gain on average. You're listening to Payments Innovation a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antuano with Currency Cloud. And today I'm happy to have Andrew Bart from Inner Payments. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, appreciate the invitation. Yeah, of course. It's really good to have you on today. And, you know, Andrew is the chief growth officer for Interpayments, and uh, he's gone through an acquisition or two in the past. But I'll let him um, talk about his background and and how he ended up at uh, Interpayments today. Absolutely. So my background actually comes from the digital marketing arena. Back in 99, 2000, as I was uh, coming out of college at Arizona State, Harvard of the West, I might add, that uh, basically a gentleman named Jeff Herzog uh, recruited me, and uh, I was fortunate enough to join the early stage team at a company called iCrossing. iCrossing, uh, under Herzog, went on to really pioneer search as a digital agency business, and essentially, you know, really growing out uh, uh, search in the digital agency space ultimately exiting to Hearst Corporation for $325 million. And then I built a supply chain management lead generation technology platform. I bootstrapped that company beginning to end and self-funded it uh, over a seven-year period, ultimately exiting uh, to my corporate strategic partner, who was a global pet product manufacturer. And then for about 10 years, uh, I do what people do after they have exits. And it's you kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, what am I going to do next? And uh, that's where I, I basically created three buckets professionally that I focused on for about a decade. And that was advising, serving as a fiduciary board member, serving as a fractional C-level executive, typically focused on growth, things like business development, strategic partnerships, capital formation, and really venture building out seed through series B organizations in technology. And after about 10 years and building up, uh, you know, a, a nice size portfolio of companies on a global level, ultimately a friend of mine uh, who was the founder of the company that uh, Interpayments acquired the assets and in the intellectual property of SearchX, which uh, Robert Maynard, who was the founder of LifeLock and the founder of a company called Internet America prior to multi-billion dollar uh, exited companies friend of mine and he over lunch one day basically said, I've got my next thing and uh, this is it. And it's search X and bottom line, we laid the rails with, uh, which we'll get into probably later in this conversation, but uh, laid the rails, started, uh, you know, deploying the technology and market. And then ultimately we were acquired uh, by, you know, relatively recently on February, February 4th to be exact. So this is, is fresh and new. And we were acquired by Interpayments, and I can certainly get into who who's behind that uh, in, in a little bit. But that's that's kind of the context, and that's been my focus over the last 
you know, roughly year and a half to, to two years. I appreciate that. And it's a lot, um, you know, a lot of value that you're going to bring, obviously, to the landscape, but also to to this conversation with different areas and verticals of expertise um, that you could portray yourself into. So I guess we'll we'll kick off just the basis of SearchX and, um, you know, what, what that product is and, you know, how you help Assisted get, uh, I guess, acquired into the interim payments uh, company. Sure. So the SearchX product was originally um, uh, conceived as a, a reg tech plat- a platform that allows merchants to recover the maximum allowable amount of their credit card processing fees by passing them on to a consumer in the form of a compliant surcharge uh, amount, which is known as a transaction fee. And the typical focus for us over the last you know, year and a half, almost two years, has been specifically in the card not present space. So e-com, phone sales, IVR, uh, automated phone sales, um, anywhere where the consumer, the end consumer is actually purchase, making a purchase without you know, standing there and having a, a physical you know, card to insert the chip or swipe the card and they're not physically present. So that's been the, the, the primary use case of the product to date. And that nets out for the merchant, ultimately about three, three and a half percent of their expense line will drop straight down to their bottom line net margin for about a 30% or greater net gain on average. There'll obviously be some variance depending on, you know, what the formula of their, you know, what they're paying, uh, that merchant is paying in processing fees, but that'll give you just a general context in card not present, three to three and a half percent. That's a very meaningful amount of money uh, when it drops straight to your bottom line. In some cases, it'll take a company from, from the, the you know, from, from the red and, and put them in the black. Yeah, significantly. No doubt about it. Now, does, does the merchant have control over what they're delivering to the end consumer? Or is it basically like a pass-through of what the charges are and they just pass them through in that case? Sure. So, you know, for, for the listeners uh, and, and certainly for yourself as well, I don't know if you're familiar with the card not present sales tax ISV solutions like Avalara or TaxJar, which are, uh, as, an, as examples, they, you know, Avalar is really the leader in this space to date. Basically, they will take over the, the sales tax line item, which in a multi-jurisdictional uh, environment is very, very difficult. You know, no, no you know, sane uh, merchant will want to, man- you know, focus on managing that on their own, that calculation and compliance on their own. And so that's where an ISV, uh, an independent software vendor like Avalara, uh, came in and created a model where they're, you know, they're, they take over uh, the, the, um, uh, the sales tax line and essentially fill that field with the right number at the checkout process. And ultimately, uh, they, they maintain compliance on that line. And if something goes wrong and there's an error in calculation, Avalara would, you know, sit there and raise their hand and assist uh, in the process of ensuring that they brought it into compliance and addressed any issues that need be. In the same sense that I just described on the sales tax line with Avalara, SearchX, uh, via interpayments, we take over what's called the transaction fee line item. 
And that line item is a new line item in many cases, as surcharging has been around for about eight or nine years in the market. And uh, coming off of a, a landmark case where a merchant sued Visa, and essentially out of that landmark case, surcharging was deemed allowable. And there were complex rule set that were put around that in order to stay compliant, which we can, again, get into in a little bit. But basically what our technology does is it will take over the uh, blank field next to transaction fee. And at the point of sale, at checkout, it'll call our service and we will return the appropriate number based on you know, meeting the factors of compliance in order to uh, present that number to the, cons- the end consumer. Gotcha. Okay. That makes, that makes, that makes sense for sure. Now you mentioned the ISV and the difference, uh, I guess, between yourself and the ISV. Could you talk a little bit about that? I'm sure that was a lot of what was behind, you know, creating the product or even enhancing the product was the difference, I guess, the differentiation between yourselves and the ISV area for sure. So, so I think if if I'm not mistaken, what you're you're asking is the difference between uh, us as an ISV and the the others in the market uh, that are executing and managing surcharge, uh, exactly. serving yep. surcharge solutions, and those tend to be in the ISO model. Mm-hmm. So those are the independent seller organizations, which typically are comprised of organizations that are sales and marketing organizations for the purpose of acquiring merchant accounts. And in in those cases, uh, you know, you've got essentially a an, a, an agency that's selling very, more often than not, they're selling into the small and medium-sized merchant base. And, you know, the, what they, the small to medium-sized merchant base will essentially, you know, typically work off of a flat rate model in in merchant processing or a tiered model. So think of Stripe and 2.9% and 30 cents per transaction. Think of, of, you know, in a tiered pricing model where maybe that 2.9% and 30 cents will then, you know, uh, go down in price based on achievement of a certain, you know, hitting certain milestone as a merchant on, on the amount of volume that you do. Uh, maybe it goes down to 2.5% and 25 cents. So those two models are very, very common inside of the SMB market space. And our real core focus with interpayments was not to to compete in that area. Certainly, we don't. Uh, you know, we can take on that type of of, of merchant, uh, an SMB merchant. But our our core primary initiative is to focus on the enterprise level customer and upper mid-market and enterprise. And as an ISV solution, as being one of our, our two biggest differentiators, uh, one being the fact that we are an ISV versus ISO, ISO will sell you a merchant processing solution as step one, which will force a change in hardware for the merchant, a change in many of the downstream software applications that are used, whether it's a CRM or other, you know, fulfillment facility, uh, shipping facility software. There can be all types of of hardware conflict or software conflict uh, when you are deploying a new, you know, uh, terminal or merchant, merchant, you know, virtual terminal or physical terminal, whatever it might be in the in the mixture there, as well as the how those 
how those elements, software or hardware, play with other elements that you have in your existing technology stack versus the ISV model, which we have, which is where our solution will simply factor your existing merchant processor terms if you already have a merchant account. If not, we you know, will refer you uh, to different options of uh, partners that, that are acquirers. And the, the other main difference is you don't have to change any of your current technology stack. We simply integrate our technology into whatever it is that you're using as part of your stack, whether it's your shopping cart or software, uh, in the case of Adobe Magento or SAP or Oracle NetSuite, uh, Salesforce, we will uh, simply integrate uh, either via an extension or API in, in the case of, of working through many other typical ISV solutions that will serve a, vert, a specific vertical, for instance. Does that, does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. And you know, I guess the differentiation between the SMBs and the enterprise totally makes sense, the need and where you guys are going within that specific vertical. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about the acquisition? Um, obviously, today, especially in the, the fintech world, we're seeing a lot, a lot of acquisitions, a lot of mergers all over the place. Yeah. Obviously, yours is fresh, uh, about a, not even a month in. Could you talk a little bit about that experience for yourself so far, and and obviously, you know what what you're looking to in the future with with you know joining the Interpayments family? Absolutely. So, first of all, I feel very fortunate, and I think you'll understand why when I uh, when I get into the who uh, is behind Interpayments in particular. But I'm also, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. Look. Robert Maynard is a tremendous visionary, and he's had a career that he, you know, creates and, and is able to see things that other people do not have the, the foresight and insight to, to see. And I want to give, give him credit for creating uh, the, the, the origin of the SearchX product. You know, with that said, you know, inventors are not uh, often, you know, more often than not, they're not the ones who end up taking it through to the, to the finish line in the next step and, and whatever the next stage may be. And in this case, you know, we were very fortunate to have essentially two core constituencies that, that were pulled together uh, originally from one of the, the lead investors in, in SearchX. And this gentleman basically Led, he had a, a, a an organization called Interprivate that manages multifamily office money and uh, private equity. Uh, they also recently announced that they had an IPO uh, that did Interprivate, and they brought in uh, Ahmed Fatua, who's the managing director uh, of Interprivate, brought in a gentleman named Sunil Capagoda who was the former SVP of strategy for Verifone Asia Pacific and Australia. Sunil is about as pedigreed and, and as knowledgeable of a gentleman as you will meet in the FinTech space, uh, you know, especially from an executive director, uh, you know, macro role. Sunil and Ahmed got together and uh, brought a constituency together behind them to basically, uh, through a process, acquire the IP and assets of SearchX uh, from Robert and retained myself 
and uh, two other of our C-suite staff members, our CTO and our chief revenue officer, and then surrounded us with additional team members, uh, uh, the former SVP of technology and strategy from Thomson Reuters and gentlemen who had uh, come over from from PIMCO and also a managing director from the, the Carlisle Group, you know, highly pedigreed, highly uh, qualified uh, fintech and operational experts in support of much of the foundation that was laid in the first, you know, year and a half to two years of, of, of business as SearchX. That's exciting. I mean, especially that um, the journey that, you're, that you've been on uh, with surrounding yourself with the right people. And then obviously now I'm um, continuing that path and, and be joined by other professionals and, and, and exciting innovation uh, along the way. So it seems like you, ha- you have an attraction for that, for sure, to continue uh, building yourself and building your career. I guess to, to close out for the last topic here, to go into where we're headed, um, because I think, especially sur- surcharging, I think there's a lot of education uh, to be done uh, for, for a lot of people to understand, you know, that, what, what, that it does exist and, what, and how to um, use it to the benefit. Could you talk about, I guess, where, what the next five years looks like in the surcharging industry? Yeah, and absolutely. And one of the things I'm going to touch on that uh, is part of that enterprise conversation and really one of our, you know, our two core, you know, separators as as a business from anybody else that's surcharging is we're the only company in the world right now that I'm familiar with. Um, certainly, you know, I've been in the space uh, for, for a bit, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't uh, classify myself as the, the, the end all be all by any stretch of the imagination. But to my knowledge, you know, we're the only ones that are able to factor interchange plus pricing, which is that transparent enterprise level pricing model. And as one of the, you know, I told, uh, I, I told you earlier about the, the complexity of the rules of compliance associative to surcharging. A merchant is not allowed to make a profit on any transaction fee. There are five states that you need to factor that don't allow, that don't recognize the federal law of, of, you know, that was adjudicated around the allowance of surcharging. Debit cards are not allowed to be surcharged. Uh, pre-pa- some prepaid cards are not allowed to be surcharged. Regulated cards are not allowed to be surcharged. So, you know, just hearing some of those complexities, especially the fact that on Interchange Plus and the plus being every you know rewards card, as an example, a Southwest Premier card might be different than a Southwest you know performance business card rate. So at the point of sale, our technology will calculate that rate within you know milliseconds uh, to give you a, a number that is uh, within a degree less than the amount that is. Uh, exact to that transaction, you know, to that uh, that plus on the interchange plus pricing model that enterprise uh, companies utilize as their merchant processing pricing model for its transparency. So we uniquely do that. And where does that, where do I think that that takes this this space over the next five years? I think you're going to see a significant adoption, especially in card not present. And also, you know, in, in POS environments, I think you're going to see a tightening of, you know, point of sale environments, you're gonna, physical point of sale, you're going to see a tightening of the reins by the, the card brand issuers, uh, by the banks and the regulatory bodies that have their hands 
in governing and establishing, you know, the, the penalties around not doing this in a compliant manner. You know, there's a lot of money on the table here, right? I mean, three, three and a half percent uh, when you're talking about billions in, in some, you know, you get up into the trillions as you apply it to, you know, uh, the United States and Australia and other markets that, that uh, open up surcharging capability and allowance. That's a meaningful amount of money. And people are going to pay attention to that, especially the regulatory bodies. Uh, I also think you're going to see it, you know, become extremely prevalent across the board because it will just, you know, there's merchants, merchants are getting, feeling the pain of increasing rates. I mean, this is not a joke. They can't, things are so margin sensitive these days. It's truly painful. And this is, you know, this is an answer to basically give the card brands who, you know, it's the, the card brands are in the business of raising their prices and that's how they make money. And they're going to continue to raise prices. And there's nothing that a merchant has been able to do about it in the past. And now, you know, the merchant's able to, with surcharging, raise their hand and say, guess what? If, you know, Andrew Bart wants to, you know, gain Marriott points for, you know, choosing to use his credit card and have all the benefits as a, as a consumer of getting one bill 30 days later uh, in the mail or, or online, you know, that's, that's not something me as a merchant should have to pay, you know, should have to cover. That amount should be passed on to, to the, the consumer. One of the, one of the rules of surcharging that, you know, cause everybody asks as a merchant, how is this going to impact my conversion rate? You know, is it, is it going to affect my customer's buying experience and cause them to turn away when they see another line item? And the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is because one of the laws of surcharging is that you must present at, as a merchant at least one alternative form of payment that will not allow the consumer to incur a surcharge. So that could be a debit card. That could be an ACH uh, a payment and any other alternative form of payment that won't incur that surcharge. And so choice, giving the consumer and retaining choice for that consumer at the point of purchase means they can opt out. They don't have, they can switch from a credit card to a debit card. I, I mean, you know, I wouldn't, I want my reward points, but the fact is as a consumer, I still also want to be the one in control of, of, of my price and my purchase. And that's my election as a consumer, as a merchant, I shouldn't have to bear the brunt, uh, you know, to, to cover re rewards and, and other, other other benefits that the consumers are receiving simply to receive payment in a different way than cash. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good point there, especially giving the end consumer choice. You know, like you mentioned, it's not, it's not saying that they're forced to have to do something. If you're given the, the option of choice, then they can opt out. You know, that, that allows, I guess, the, the friction um, to be, I guess, immediately less friction and to open up that conversion rate for sure. Well, absolutely. And, and, and our data is showing that we're not seeing conversion rate drop off in our customers. Uh, we don't have customers that turn off the service. They keep it on because nobody wakes up the next day and says, I'd like to make less money today. So it's, it's really a, a, a service that has, you know, stick to itiveness. <laughs> uh, it's very, very sticky, and it doesn't require customer service of, of substance either. Once 
once it's installed and um, you know uh, turned on, it, it's not something that requires uh, any any you know significant maintenance unless you're you're changing you know the way that your payment flow and stack is, and then you know obviously in that scenario you're considering you're looking at the whole of of what you're doing and and having to make adjustments for your new your new flow. But right, yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, so. Once it's once it's built up, it, it 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 works in automation. Obviously, if there's a the only way that it needs to be changed is more of like an architectural change uh, through the payment flow. In that sense, exactly. Okay. Well, Andrew, it was a pleasure to have you on. For our listeners, what's the best way to get in contact with you or or people from your team? Sure. Um, well, you can certainly go to uh, Enter Payments, and that's payments is plural. Dot com interpayments.com my email address is andrew a n d r e w at interpayments.com and my direct uh, phone number is 480-442-4860 and uh, certainly you know there's a lot of complexity behind this and so it will often you know people aren't aware that they can do it you know merchants aren't aware and they're you know, anytime, anytime you hear the word regulatory, you know, it's just a little nerve wracking. So, you know, there's a lot to, to kind of talk through on the front side. And, and um, you know, the, we, we, we currently, we give our service away for free. The way we, we make money is on performance. We essentially will, will collect up to 50 basis points above and beyond the allowable surcharge amount. And, you know, we, we, we bill at the end of, of the, uh, the close of the folio. So that's, that's the, the charging structure right now, the charging model. So it's really, you know, there's no reason not to try it. And as we always say, you know, don't believe a word I say about conversion rate or about uh, any of it. Uh, put it into place, run a couple hundred transactions, and then let the data decide uh, whether it works for you or not. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, I think there's a lot of education behind it that, that needs to be, I guess, out there in awareness. And I'm glad you guys are hitting that in the market. And hopefully this 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 episode will help a bit as well to to show awareness to the merchants and, and get them in contact with you for sure. So it was uh, you know, really good to have you on again. Glad we got to, to connect today and looking forward to, to, you know, connecting in the future as well. Likewise. I appreciate you very much. And, uh, you know, I'll keep listening in. Of course. Take care, Andrew. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.